welcome to the Shelf Games Podcast for the week of September 18th. This is episode number 77. And of course, Shelf Games is a lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones still on the shelf. I'm your host, John, and joining me this week is a whole cast of characters. We've got Shisulo. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted. Hey, guys. French Montana, anyone? No, just me? All right, cool. I don't know. That's just you, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Greta, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Hey. Uh, so what's been going on, folks? What's uh, new and exciting? Shisulo, what's going on with you? Oh, boy. Nothing exciting, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the most boring week of my year, work-related. Mm-hmm. So working eight to eight, which sucks. So For I don't sure. do anything. But, you know, after this week, I should be, it should be good until October. Mm-hmm. And then it should be good until February. So <laughs> three more times so that we're good. Yeah, let's just not have your employer listen to this so they won't know. No, they know. We really all talk feel. about how it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Greta, how you doing? How, what's, uh, what's been going on with you? Oh, just school for me. Um, yeah. Nothing else. Because uh, we're both working now at our uh, campus uh, paper. So how was, uh, how was the proof yesterday? How late did you guys go? Um, I think we left at around 8.30, 8.45. Oh, okay. So it wasn't so it was a long terrible. Day. It was a long day, yeah. Um, no, it wasn't bad. I think it'll probably not be so late most days, but... Yeah, yeah. It was all right. It wasn't yeah. too exciting. So, uh, Ted, you've you've had an exciting week. Uh, you so missed exciting. Sh- you missed the show last time. Uh, I know. Be- because you were just like, hey, I don't feel well. I think I'll go to the hospital. Yeah, I wasn't actually sick. I just didn't want to. Shame. No, I uh, had like, it was weird. The night I met you, Greta, actually. Um, maybe you poisoned me. Yeah. That's, what happened. <laughs> That's it. No, it happened during dinner. Like, I had weird jaw pains and I was just like, ah, oh, this is kind of sore. Like, what's going on? And then... That night went fine. I got super drunk, didn't feel anything. And then the next uh, day, I had some swelling and it just started getting worse and worse until it started swelling down on my chest. Um, I had a hard time breathing. So, I'm like, all right, time to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so they got me fixed up. Had some IV antibiotics and I'm all good now. But you should have saw me. I was like, I looked like a fat kid. Like, it was hilarious. You sent me a photo and I thought you put on like 20 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) It was kind of messed up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, glad you're feeling better. Thanks, man. Um, but that was a nice dinner that we had for your birthday. It was, yeah, it was super was cool. That was fun. So, anyways, speaking of fun times, uh, Player Unknown, Brendan Green is having fun times because Player Unknown's Battlegrounds keeps, like I said, we have to talk about this bloody game every week because it keeps breaking records. And um, I think the last time we talked about it, it had surpassed Dota 2 for peak concurrence. Um, but now it has once again surpassed Dota 2 in all time concurrence so uh damn pub hit 1.33 million players um over the weekend or, or, or this this uh this week rather um so yeah the that game now has the title of you know uh peak concurrent players of any game on pc or on steam at least me scusi i don't know what the difference is between Peak concurrent players and all-time concurrent players. Isn't that the same Because when we talked about it last time, it was just like, oh, just this weekend, PUBG surpassed Dota for peak players. Um, Whereas uh, Dota had set like a record of uh, 1.29 million uh, a while ago. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So so, uh, PUBG finally surpassed it. So uh, again, we talked about this in the past about how just like, A, it's not a free-to-play game like Dota. 
It's a mm-hmm. it's a paid game. Also, it's an alpha. It's not even officially released. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, this this game is a juggernaut, and it's not going away anytime soon. Coming uh, for so, that Minecraft money. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. So definitely, uh, I, I don't think it's it's surpassed like peaks for peak concurrence for Minecraft or League of Legends. But Ted, as the as I'm the shocked. resident PUBG player, what do you think about this? Um, I think it eventually will. Um, at least looking how it's so popular and it's just everyone is getting this game now. Um, and yeah, we, we always talk about it, but again, it's just like it's such a watchable. Um, it like markets itself. Like if you mm-hmm. watch Twitch streamers, it's such a fun game to watch. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna surpass those those big league boys one of these days. Um, so that's just a, a minor piece of news. Uh, but moving on to Nintendo news. The Super NES Classic, we've talked about it a little bit, is coming out later this year. So that's the sort of micro console that's, the, you know, got a whole bunch of retro SNES games on it. And it comes sort of in the form factor of the Super Nintendo. Um, so there were some controversies about people not being able to pre-order, uh, you know, the, those little, that little product or whatever when, when it was put up on, on different websites and whatnot. Uh, but Nintendo has assured us um, that they're going to be putting out enough of those. Uh, so the, uh, Nintendo has stated uh, more units of the Super NES Classic Edition will sip, ship on September 29th launch day in the U.S. Um, then were shipped of the NES Classic Edition all of last year, with subsequent shipments arriving in stores regularly. So it sounds like they're they're going to try and not make the mistakes that they did last year with the NES Classic, um, which was a sort of uh, again last year's version of this, and um, you know sold out very quickly. It became uh, a, a hot commodity so much so that people like scalpers were upselling these things for like hundreds of dollars um but of course nintendo also announced this week that they are bringing back the nes classic next year um Chisulo, as our nintendo fanboy what do you think <laughs> wow <clears throat> i just feel bad for the people who bought uh, one of these things at a thousand dollars because now they don't have any money for an iPhone X. <laughs> 10, my mistake, <laughs> iPhone 10. So I just I feel bad for the people who are scalped because I Nintendo always does this, they're always undersupplying their products, and they're like, Oh, I didn't know people were gonna buy it. But they always buy it, just make yep. them. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell at you. Everyone. <laughs> a little aggressive, I get worked up. At the same time, they, in the past, they've said that these were going to be limited run products, right? So for them to say that and then sort of renege on it and be like, oh, wait a minute, these are actually popular and making us money. Uh, we should do what any normal company would do and actually <laughs> keep producing these things. Yeah. Um, Greta, what do, you th- what do you think about sort of the uh, what's going on with these little collector items? Well, I think they should have released all, well, not all of it, but more, not in a limited supply to begin with. Mm-hmm. I really don't have too much else to say other than I really like the packaging. Yeah, for sure. I think I like. <laughs> Same. I yeah. really like that it like looks like you would have bought it. Not now. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so as a Sega kid, uh, would you be interested in picking up one of these little tiny consoles just to be like, oh, I never had a Nintendo. So maybe I'll get one and, and play some of those classic games. You know what? Kind of like the more I look at it and the more I kind of read about it, I think, yeah, I would. Ra- I kind of want one. They're cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it's a little bit um, perhaps upsetting to some people who are just like, you know, got caught up in the hype and, you know, stood in lines and probably paid more than they should have for NES classics. Um, and then Nintendo finally kind of caving in and be like, oh, maybe we should produce this again. 
Um, so hopefully they don't make the same mistakes moving forward. But again, we've talked in the past about how they're, they're a very, very conservative company. Um, but it looks like they might be uh, open to new ideas and perhaps some more progressive ideas as uh, Nintendo announced that two very prominent Bethesda titles are going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Um, and that is Wolfenstein 2 and Doom. <laughs> Doom! <laughs> so two very violent, like hyper-violent games coming to uh, the family-friendly console that is the Nintendo Switch. Um, so just so you and I have played through Doom, what do, what do you think about them announcing these Bethesda titles for that console? This is massive for them because yeah. last last console, the Wii U, uh, they didn't have a lot of third-party support, non-Nintendo-made games. And so to see Doom and Wolfenstein, that's great. I mean, I, I wonder if they're going to be the same type of games or if they're going to be pared down for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I just feel like like Doom is so... Kinetic? Requires, like, just so much hardware or or it, so much power, right? Like, yeah, I, I recently upgraded my PC and I could run Doom at, like, ultra settings and it looked freaking incredible. So I don't know how... How many frames per second are we talking? Oh, 120. You know it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, wow. But, <laughs> wow. Um, what was I saying? Uh, but but the, Ninten- the Nintendo Switch is a handheld. And it mm-hmm. has hardware that is reminiscent of the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, right? Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to have to do to these games to make them run on that hardware, especially like Wolfenstein 2. That's not coming out for for another few weeks. And I imagine Mm -hmm. that'll be also another graphically intense uh, game and it'll be demanding a lot of its hardware. So um, I'm hoping that these are not uh, substandard versions of those games. Me too. But I mean, it's a good sign. So Mm -hmm. I expect to see more and more third-party games coming to the Switch, which is what I always wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best handheld i'm telling you best yeah. handheld there don't buy it thinking you're getting yourself a sweet console it's a handheld yeah uh ted any thoughts on uh bethesda's uh move to bring games to the switch i mean they've they're bringing skyrim as well in case yeah, you haven't yeah. played that in case you haven't played that game in the last 10 years i literally have never played skyrim <laughs> really no i just man I, I just never did you got it i'm thinking about firing it up again actually See what I can do. Have you played Skyrim? (laughs) No. You should. It's magical. I've heard a lot about it, but it's all just—it's all just elves and dwarves and shit. It's it's perfect. It's It's not perfect game. (laughs) I can't remember what I played before playing Skyrim, but then when I went to Skyrim, I'm just like, I just can't stand these controls. Yeah, and so I didn't play it. the, The previous one, Oblivion. No, I played Skyrim. I didn't play Skyrim. I played like 15 minutes of it. Like I created a character. I don't even think I got out of the first scene where the dragon arrives and like burns <laughs> it down. Just the way the character moved. I think I played The Witcher 2 and then uh, I went yeah. to Skyrim and oh, like, man. I just don't want to. Dude, if you're, gonna, if you're only going to play the first scene, you should get the mod that turns the dragon into Thomas the uh, the train engine. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear, dude, yeah. dude, and this train comes <laughs> flying in. <laughs> and then it starts breathing fire. Breathing it's the fire. Best. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, nothing much to say on this other than, like, I'm just surprised that, like, they would release these games with that kind of subject matter, because Nintendo's mm-hmm. never really had anything to do with that, like, intensive um, violence or... Well, I, I think on some of their platforms that were a little bit more successful and had strong third-party partnerships, they've definitely released some, you know, they, they've, they've released horror titles, they've released action games that have been violent, 
Hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think that they're going to shy away from that. But you're right. In the last few years, we we think of Nintendo as like the Wii and you know the the 3ds like their handhelds and stuff it's all pokemon and and animal crossing and it's all sort of (laughs) so wholesome yeah very family friendly yeah um but but in the past they have definitely done stuff that is like hyper violent um like i remember playing killer instinct on the super nintendo um that's nothing but blood and guts i guess i didn't even think about that yeah Yeah. i did play golden eye on my n64 yeah yeah that was hyper violent (laughs) i got so much trouble playing that game because I had boarded from a friend, and then I was playing it. Like, I didn't think anything was wrong. Then one day, my mom came home, and I was, like, shooting people in the face. She's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> oh, she's so bad. Just get the hand out and just use that for the entire game. Yeah, just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, healing them with the power of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> with bullets to the face. <laughs> Greta, have you ever gotten in trouble for games that you were playing? Um, no. No. My parents really trusted me as a kid, so they, if I just went off and did stuff, they didn't really check in on me. <laughs> um, wow. Well, they saw what you were playing now. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. They would laugh and just laugh at the fact that I'm actually playing video games. They'd make fun of me, <laughs> not get mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that's, uh, that's it, I think, for Nintendo. I, I think it's interesting, again, that they have such strong third-party partnerships, or it looks like they're going to have strong third-party partnerships for the Switch. Um, and they have a lot of indie support as well. So I think uh, Nintendo is going to be in a healthy position uh, with that console for, for the next few years. Um, so let's quickly talk about uh, a sequel, or not necessarily a sequel, spiritual uh, successor, I guess, um, from the folks at that game company. Um, and that game company is responsible for, I would say, some of like the most uh, beautiful or the most artistic games that i've played in the last few years they've done stuff like uh flow and flower uh journey is probably the title that they are most well known for mm-hmm. and these are usually short uh self-contained experiences um that sort of hit on deeper themes of like life and love and um you know even death and and, and passing on um so they announced at the Apple event that just happened uh, this last week, uh, this, their next game is going to be called Sky. And it looks very reminiscent of Journey, except you're kind of in the clouds and stuff. Um, and uh, originally, when they announced it, it sounded like it was going to be exclusive to Apple's platform. So like iPhone, iPad, uh, Apple TV. I don't know who the fuck plays games on their Apple TV. Um, so much fun. Yeah, but the, <laughs> the, that game company did clear uh, clear up that it'll just launch first on Apple platforms, um, and then it'll probably come to uh, other platforms in the future. Um, so, did anyone have a quick chance to look at this uh, trailer for for Sky? What do we uh, What do we think it about this? It looks so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I love Journey. Um, I didn't play F- Flow, um, but I just like like that style of game. Like you said, it's like a self contained kind of experience and. Mm-hmm. It's like really relaxing and really just like you just sit back and just enjoy where this game takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find the soundtracks for those games are always so, so nice as well. Yeah. Like sometimes when I'm working, I'll just put on the journey soundtrack and it's just like, yeah, <laughs> I am in Zen like, yeah. space. What is, um, can you describe Journey? I've never heard of it. So I, I would say Journey is that usually when people have the argument about like, oh, are games art or aren't they? Um, people will hold up Journey as a clear example of like, yes, games can be art. Um, so it's it like it's a very minimal game. Um, 
and you're sort of traveling through the, the desert as this cloaked figure. And your your whole goal is to like get to this mountaintop. Um, but again, it's very simple. There's like no user interface. Uh, you can encounter other players. Like I think you can only encounter one player at a time, but you yeah. can't talk to each other. You can just like kind of like uh, squawk at each other um, hmm. in this in this kind of like simple language. Mm-hmm. And it's again just the music and the uh, the art direction and everything. It's yeah. just like a very soothing, very sort of peaceful um, experience. It's only a couple mm. couple hours long as well. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really fun experience. I think. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I I played that game in one sitting, and there's one specific scene where you're sliding down. I mean, yeah, it's like it's I know sad. exactly what you're talking and about. And the yeah. sun is shining through and the beams. I'm just like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Wow. Because the perspective shifts in that moment yeah. too. Because usually you're kind of behind your character, but you start to slide down this one slope and it, it shifts so that it, you're, you're traveling from right to left on your screen. And yeah, you, you see the, the, the beams, like the god rays come through the pillars. Yeah. And you can still see the mountain in the background. It's, 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 it's a really, beautiful. really beautiful game. Like yeah. for, for, for folks that haven't played it or don't have a PlayStation uh, to play it, I highly recommend just like finding a, a Let's Play or something that doesn't have voiceover uh, because it's a, a terrific experience. Um, but yeah, Sky looks to be uh, very much in the same vein. So I'm, so I'm kind of excited for that. I'm surprised they like, I guess I'm not surprised because Apple has tons of money to play around with, but like iPhone and iPad and Apple TV, that's just so random, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to play, I don't, I don't think I'd want to experience that game on like an iPhone. Like I'd want to no. wait to have like a decent sound system and... Well, uh, Ted, you haven't got your hands on the iPhone 10. You're going to control the character with your eyeballs. Are you like working for Apple now or what? I, listen, like- I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on this phone, but if someone wants to send it to me, <laughs> Atrix Sulo. Yeah, I feel like Jasilo is like secretly uh, on on the payroll of Nintendo and Apple. <laughs> just like anytime they come up, he's just, just like chilling for them. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had an Apple device in like four years, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's company policy, right? Yeah. yeah. I look. You don't. Know, this is this is not about the iPhone 10, but we're gonna. I'm gonna mention this for no reason. <laughs> I really, the camera looks great. The camera on that thing is amazing. Stop it. Like stop it. <laughs> Get out of here. Sponsored by Apple. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, so, we knew it was a matter of time before this happened. So, we talked about the massive su- success of uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. And uh, I think we even talked about this on the show, about how, like, it, you know, a year from now, like everyone's going to be designing their games like this. Uh, everyone's going to be trying to get a piece of this pie. Um, and the folks behind uh, Fortnite um, have announced a new 100 player PVP mode, uh, which they're, they're calling their battle royale mode. Um, and they, they are even very upfront about the fact that like, hey, we love we at the studio love games like uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and uh, H1Z1. Uh, so we wanted to do, um, something in that same vein and and they felt that their, uh, game would, would be a good fit for that. So I, I feel like this is the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was about to say like, like the bird in the coal mine, canary in the coal mine, but that's not the word I'm looking for, but like the straw uh, that broke the camel's back. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, it's like the opening salvo or, or, or something like that. Or like the, yeah. the, the, not a red herring. Jesus, why can't I think of the saying? You know what I'm talking about? It's just like. It's the start of the end. Yeah, it's the end times. <laughs> um, but anyways, so 
this looks like the first in a deluge of uh, deluge. Good choice. Player unknown battlegrounds, battle royale, H one Z one copycats. Um, so what what do we think of this, Ted? Um, yeah, we're gonna start seeing a lot more of these kinds of games coming out. Um, because it's, I mean, look at PUBG. Like it's just one of the most popular games in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. Shit. I don't really have any any like motivation to play this Fortnite game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Just like that art style, just kind of like turns me off for some reason. I don't yeah. know. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll be seeing this a lot more. Greta, do you do you play multiplayer games at all? I know you're more sort of like story driven kind of stuff. Um, sometimes, but I was just looking at this, and I don't know like the <laughs> the right term for it, but. I grew Ted and the way that it looks to me doesn't make me want to play it. Mm-hmm. It looks like a kid's game almost. It does. It, or it looks to me, it looked like something I would have on my iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like kind of just this like you jump and you get all these coins flying everywhere. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. And, and I think, I think art style is definitely something that can sell a game or hurt a game. Um, and you know, if someone says like, Oh, I'm not into this art style. But then people are like, oh, no, no, but but it's so great. You got to try it. It's just like, well, I mean, that, that's still a valid uh, opinion to have, right? Like, um, I definitely agree. Like, I think one of the things that has kept me from playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is, like, I'm not super into its aesthetic. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I just like, eh, it's fine, but it, it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, you don't like nice graphics. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I also agree. I'm like, oh, I don't really want a cartoony version of that either. Uh, Chisula, what do you think? Uh, in terms of art style, I do think that there's certain art styles that I, I'm personally not into. And outside of games, for example, some animated shows, I've seen a lot more of this 3D and 3D computer generated animation style, which I cannot stand. Mm-hmm. And I hate. Like, I think the new Star Wars animated show i just can't stand the way it's animated yeah so in an aesthetic sense i can understand why you wouldn't be interested in it because i feel the same way about other things um am i surprised that more people are going to be more games are going to have this 100 battle royale 100 player battle royale thing no do i care Mm, no i'm just waiting until blizzard does it because when blizzard does it then it'll be really good (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's an eventuality yeah for sure so let's talk about um blizzard here for a second uh since you just brought them up they're obviously hot at work on uh you know hearthstone and overwatch those are games that they're continuously updating um and the the one thing that i like about overwatch is the fact that they're very communicative with their community about like what's going on like what's coming in in new updates and uh how they're handling systems and rebalancing characters and things like that they're very vocal about it as opposed to a game like like uh, what i played dota 2 where the developers are very secretive and, and they, they very rarely uh, like they don't even really communicate with the, with the community. They just like put out patch notes and they're just like, here you go. Fucking chew on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the face of overwatch uh, from blizzard is uh, the game's director, Jeff Kaplan. Um, and he released a, a new developer update, which was a little bit different than the stuff that they normally do. And um, in it, he basically says that, the team at Blizzard making Overwatch has had to um, sort of focus on player behavior, reporting systems, and dealing with player toxicity. And that has, in fact, slowed development of other parts of the game. 
Um, you know, uh, I'll pull a couple quotes here from the video. Uh, he says at one point, quote, we want to make new maps. We want to make new heroes. We want to make animated shorts. But we've been put in this weird position where we're spending a tremendous amount of time and resources punishing people and trying to make people behave better. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, I wish we could take the time uh, we have put into having reporting on console and have put that toward a match history system or a replay system. It was the exact same people that had to work on both who got rerouted to work on the other. Uh, the bad behavior is not just ruining the experience for one another, but the bad behavior is also making the game progress in terms of development at a much slower rate. Um, so, so player toxicity in multiplayer games is nothing new. We've definitely talked about it a lot on the show in the past. Um, I've written extensively about it for some of the stuff I've done at university. Um, so, so what did we think of this announcement from, from the, the Blizzard team, uh, working on Overwatch? Ted, did you have any thoughts? I'm just kind of surprised that like player, they kind of blamed like, oh, you know, we're slowing down on our, on our development because you're, the community we have is so toxic. It's like, oh, well, you made it like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, and it's weird that like they have people that are working on the game, like developing the game and then also having to deal with community, community management, like, right. I didn't know those were those were the same thing. Um but yeah, I mean personally like I've almost altogether stopped playing Overwatch just because of that. Like whenever mm. I play on a team, everyone just starts yelling at each other. And I don't know, that's no fun. That's not fun at all. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't realize. I mean, I was surprised that I don't know why it didn't occur to me that they made their own animated shorts. I thought that was just like someone else. Like they hired a third party group yeah. of people to do that, but apparently not. So that's kind of cool. Mm. Mm. It, <laughs> his whole complaint is basically, this is why you can't have nice things. Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> you're bad kids. Yeah. <laughs> no ice cream for you. That's, what, that's the vibe I got from his, or from the letter. Yeah. Whatever you uh, Greta, what did you sort of think about um what they were saying about like, hey, we're slowing down development because we we have to focus on this whole area of like dealing with with bad player behavior. I'm not, I'm familiar with the game, but I don't play it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've never, I, I don't really know what the toxicity level is, like what yeah, people yeah. are saying, or I've never experienced a lot of people yelling at me while playing a game. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, John and I. You guys would know better. Uh, you guys would know more about this than I would. You know, I mean, are people really aggressive? Like, is it really a problem when you're playing a game? Or is this something um, that maybe is, it's kind yeah. of fitting, like, the narrative right now? So they're like, we need to fix this to be more, like, PC? You know what I mean? I don't know where... I find, like, the biggest thing with that game is, because it's, uh, there's six players on the team, and, like, you want to be... You want to have a team composition that's really good for winning. Like you'll have two tanks, two damage dealers, and then two support that would heal the rest of the team. And a lot of times people just play whatever they want to play. Um, that might be because of like, I'm a lower rank and people don't really care. But I find like when you want to have a good team composition, people aren't willing to change. And then that's kind of like the catalyst for them to start yelling at each other. Oh, and, okay. like, and like they try to explain why they, why they're choosing these characters in their own way but it all like it ends up becoming like this yell fest and nothing gets done and it's just yeah it happens to me almost every single game yeah and, and really? i think Ted, that's all that's almost like a benign version of some of the more deep deeper rooted problems um like i said i've, I've went, read way too many academic papers about this nonsense but um uh, a large thing 
that plays into this is like anonymity and and that can be said about like anywhere on the internet mm-hmm. you look at forums or reddit or, or whatever like just the fact that someone is is anonymous it, it gives them this sort of like internet courage where they can just say whatever they want because there's no repercussions right um and i think Not PewDiePie. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> um and i think um Another aspect of of that is when you are playing competitive video games, there's, I don't want to say a lot on the line, but like you invest a lot of your time. So Mm -hmm. you're investing your time to like get better, to learn more, to practice. And you're in a match, let's say it's 20, 30 minutes. um, Or like if you look at like Dota 2, which has, or League of Legends, which have larger time commitments. So you can, you can play a match like upwards of 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm investing a lot of my time into what I'm doing right now. So when a teammate does something wrong or they make a mistake, even if it's not, um, you know, even if they don't mean to, or, or if it's, you know, it's, you know, people fucking make mistakes all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, none of us here are pro pro gamers. And when, when that happens, it's very easy to latch onto that and to like lash out at someone, right. Just to be like, a, I'm anonymous on the internet. B. Ted just did something that's that's uh, put us at a disadvantage in this game. So I'm going to yell at him. I'm going to call yeah. him the worst things I can think of and uh, lash out because I, I doubt that there's going to be any re- repercussions or there'll be very minor repercussions. Um, and I think a problem that a lot of online games have is setting up reporting systems and, and incentivizing players to be positive. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the things Kaplan talks about here. Um, I think that the, one of the reasons or one of the critiques that's being levied against them is that like, hey, you made a multiplayer game. Of course, you're going to have to deal with player behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it's not something that should have come as a shock to them. I mean, don't you see similar stuff in other multiplayer games? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and is this the only company that's really putting, um, I don't know, emphasis on fixing the problem or are other companies doing the same thing? I would say that they're they're probably one of the more vocal companies about trying to address the issue. Mm-hmm. Um but but again like this is this is something that plagues a lot of multiplayer games. Um and and again just even in my own research I found that a lot of the systems that are in place or that are that are in place currently in a lot of these games are reactive. They wait for a player to break the rules to do something bad. The same can be said for, you know, Battlegrounds or uh, Rocket League or whatever, you know, if you have someone like purposely losing or team killing or whatever, then you punish. Then you give them a ban, you give them a timeout. Um, So it's not until someone breaks those rules, breaks those taboos that you punish them. Um, And I think, I think what, uh, again, just like what I found in my research is that like what game developers need to do and what they, some have found success with is incentivizing good behavior. So how how do you make players be nice to each other essentially? Like do you, do you reward them somehow? Do you incentivize that? I don't know. Do, do do you folks have any thoughts on how developers could do that? Like maybe at the end of a game it would like have a quick list of all the players that you just played with like on your team and could be like, "Do you want to play with this person again?" Yeah, yes, yes. And then it's like, "No, this person was really toxic." Like just a basic no box Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe they can kind of get like this mass like data 
where they can just, okay, these people are getting a lot of downvotes or a lot of no's. Maybe they kind of get paired with other, I don't know. I feel like that, like, it makes sense, but it could also leave room for people to just fuck with people, you know? Yeah. Like, just downvote yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. People... This guy sucked. Doesn't yeah. want to play the game. Downvote. It's toxic. You can't win with him. That would, yeah, you're right. That would totally happen. Um, another problem with that, and uh, again, I always talk about Dota because that's the game I have the most experience with, but um, that leads to, like, um, segmenting your your player base mm -hmm. uh like dota has something called low priority so when you break the rules you go to low priority and mm. then you have this culture in low priority that just like festers like you have all these players <laughs> that are like your your most toxic elements and yeah. you're just like okay your queue times are gonna be longer and you're gonna be playing with other people that broke rules and it's just like well you're not gonna fucking make them like better people Sticking yeah. them with a bunch of other dickheads, I don't know, you know. I like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did have? Has anyone been watching the most recent season of Rick and Morty? Oh fuck yeah. yes, yeah. Okay, so the episode where they go to the spa and they get like their toxins removed. Yeah, yeah. When you said low priority, that's the place I pictured. Where <laughs> yeah. Everyone is just complete that's, trash. Yeah, that's, send that's them a, to low pri. Yeah, that's a that's an apt comparison. So again, uh, Ted, you know, I, I think that your voting system is is a good idea, but it could could lead to something but like it that, sucks. Where, where they're just like, oh, these players got downvoted, so let's just have them play together. Um, yeah. There's so again, I, I think there needs to be like an in-game system that says like, oh, you you get you know five commends over the course of however many matches, you'll get a loot box or you'll get a a nice cosmetic or something, right? Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say. So you mentioned like a lot of a big a lot of the problem is just people being anonymous on the internet and just mm -hmm. when you don't when people don't know who you are they can just be shittier to you. Yeah. Just because I don't yeah. know human nature. But now with the iPhone X's facial recognition, oh my fucking <laughs> Christ! <laughs> lots of people will be able to see your face. <laughs> problem solved. I'll tell you guys. The more you bring it up, like. Are you wanting an iPhone 10? Because it sounds like I don't it. even think I want one. I think he works for the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what's have, going on. I have mixed feelings about facial rec. Me having to open up my phone with my face. Yeah, for sure. Especially in Winnipeg, where I'm going to be wearing a balaclava in the next four months. <laughs> it's so cold. Ooh, yeah. Um, one thing I, I was going to quickly say is that when I when I play PUBG, there's not a lot of toxicity because I don't talk to anybody and I can't hear anybody. Yeah. So I wonder if like communication is just like this. It's like that's what makes a game so, I know, but, so toxic. But and, PUBG yeah. also has like an open communication system. So like like oh yeah, people I always say it. like you, you, the first time you play PUBG, you get on that plane and there's a hundred people in this room yelling obscenities. So like the first the first thing you have to do when you play PUBG is like turn that off. Yeah, true. But whenever whenever when I do have it on, it's not people like yelling at each other and like bring like being genuinely angry at each other it's usually people just like screaming at the top of their lungs because they're <laughs> idiots like i don't know i don't know if that's toxic that's just like being an idiot or abusive yeah um uh, again i i think i think this is a really difficult things for developers to, to grapple with because it's like how do we have a, a a communication system where you know we can encourage players to talk to each other especially in games that require teamwork yeah um but at the same time, curb harassment and stuff like that, right? Um, because again, it's 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 hard to like have like a voice chat system and like stop people from stop harassment before it starts, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and again, this goes back to my, my point earlier about like uh, only punishing people after they've broken rules. Um, so, so again, I think incentivizing players to be better to each other is a difficult thing to grapple with, but I think it's maybe the right way to go. I think you need a little bit of both positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement because people just react, respond differently. Yeah. A lot might have to do with the way you were raised. Mm. Like, just the carrot and the stick for maximum speed. A little bit of public shaming, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, please. Public shaming. Nothing curbs people's behaviors like public shaming. <laughs> um, yeah, I could talk about this for, for like another hour. Uh, League of Legends used to have a system that was like a public tribunal. So like mm-hmm. a case would be brought to, uh, in front of a, a bunch of players and they would essentially look at this player's behavior and, and sort of pass judgment. And, and more often than not, they found that players who went in front of a tribunal had a very low recidivism rate because what that showed them is that their behavior was outside the norm of what was acceptable in League of Legends. Um, so, so I found that really interesting, and, and I'd, I'd be interested to see if, if more developers um, could adopt something like that. Interesting. Um, but someone mentioned PewDiePie earlier, uh, but before we get to that, I quickly want to talk about Bungie and Destiny 2. Um, so Destiny 2 is out, and uh, it sounds great. It's uh, doing really well for itself uh, so far. We talked about um, some pretty crazy concurrent numbers that they released last week. Um, but there's been a little bit of controversy with a piece of armor um, in Destiny 2 uh, that the developer has promised to remove uh, because it features artwork that uh, resembles a logo associated with white nationalists, uh, white nationalist groups. Um, so the, uh, Bungie said that the appearance of uh, the armor in Destiny 2 was not intentional. Um, so for those that, that are unaware, the, the, the piece of armor basically has like a logo that looks like KEK. Um, which is um, associated with like this fake national flag called Kekistan, which again um, sort of started on certain subreddits and then became very synonymous with uh, the alt-right and white nationalists. Um, So um, Bungie undertook a huge investigation to see how it happened. um, And and they sort of laid out their findings in, uh, in a blog on their website. Uh, So they say, I'll I'll just quote an article here from Polygon. They say, uh, the design originated in June 2015 uh, and came together from three main sources of inspiration, real-world reference art, iconography and typefaces, and graphic design elements from sports teams. Um, And of course, shapes that are common to sort of Destiny and their guardians. Um, So uh, they they basically say that it wasn't uh, designed to emulate um, that that flag. so uh, for those folks that had a chance to look at this, um, what do you think about this? Is, is it a big deal or is it just like, oh, shit, let's uh, that that was a mistake and we'll get rid of it and kind of move on? I mean, there is similarities. Like when I, I honestly had never seen that symbol before. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that was. A thing. Yeah, but it's, it's also it's a fictional flag, isn't it? Yes, it right. is. Yeah. yeah. So I like there's a symbol for everything. And it's like it's so I, I imagine it's so hard for for game companies or anybody in any form of entertainment like to they really have to cherry pick like what design elements they can put in because someone could misconstrue it as like oh this represents something terrible and i don't know yeah i don't know what point i'm trying to make but it's just like there's so many symbols out there and it's it is very very similar Mm -hmm. um but who like where did this flag come from i kind of like read the origins of it but i'm a little confused 
Um, so yeah, so the, uh, again, it was a term that kind of like came from World of Warcraft, um, but then it was sort of like synonymous with with uh, uh, you know Korean memes. Um, but then uh, again, it kind of got hijacked in certain parts of like 4chan and, and Reddit, um, and it, it started to become apl- applied to a fake religion that sort of encompassed like the ideals of of white nationalists. Isn't that kind of what happened to the Pepe? Yes, it's the exact right. same thing that happened to the, the Pepe the Frog thing. If they had put, like, Pepe the Frog on, like, the lapel of this person's <laughs> jacket, would people be thinking, like, this is a symbol of white nationalism? Or would people go, that's a fucking meme, that's hilarious. You know what yeah. I mean? And context, I think, is a big thing as well, right? And, like, yeah. symbols change their meaning over time. Um and, and they can be because, like, as soon as a symbol becomes co-opted by something like white nationalists, or like even like the swastika was co-opted by the Nazis, you know, in, right. in the in, in the 1930s. So yeah. originally, like, I, if I'm not mistaken, in like uh, Hindu religion, I yep. think the the swastika was like a symbol for peace or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Charlie Chaplin mustache, yeah, it there you ruined go. that. Oh yeah, shame, poor guy. <laughs> but Michael Jordan brought it back. <laughs> Um, but, but, you know, that was a very popular men's or choice for, for uh, men's facial grooming at the time. But then it became mm-hmm. synonymous with uh, Adolf Hitler. Um, so, yeah, like, like you were saying, Greta, uh, the, these things can, can change depending on, on context and, and whatnot. Uh, Jasula, do you care about this at all? Uh, I've never seen the flag before. So, I mean, I wouldn't have recognized it. But again, it is just timing, really. I don't yeah. think they were... Destiny, not Destiny, what's the name of the company? Bungie and Activision, these are massive companies. They don't want to offend anyone. They're about yep. making that money. And yep. the way you make that money is being non-offensive yeah. and appealing to a wide audience. And, and at the same time, they do have teams of people at their companies who vet this stuff as best as they can, right? Yeah. And there might be someone who is uh, secretly a white nationalist who designs games and maybe designed this and like, you'll never know. This is such an obscure <laughs> reference. I'm going to sneak it in. Kind of like how you sneak in like a penis in the clouds in Aladdin or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Disney did. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think it was on purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to agree with you there. Like, I, whenever stories like this happen or like, you know, and people get so angry. I can't imagine a big company wanting to offend people or like knowingly yeah. <laughs> put this stuff in their game. Like somebody reviews those games and they look out for things like that. It could just be that they didn't know what the flag is. Like none of us <clears throat> knew what the flag was. It only became a thing when somebody pointed it out and hey, went, hey, this is a white nationalist thing. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, what the fuck? I've never yeah. seen that before. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, it's... Uh, but like you said, it could be somebody within the company that's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt it was malicious. Um, again, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those quirks, I guess, of just like uh, there is there is so much stuff in. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of stuff in the world. Um, <laughs> a lot of Go symbols, a, a lot of, you know, uh, you know, you can have one word in one language mean something and then all of a sudden it's super offensive to, to uh, another culture. Um, so, yeah, Bungie, Activision. They're, uh, you know, going to make sure that this gets removed from the game or rather that it gets changed. Um, and of course, you know, it's just one, one of those uh, quirky things that happens from time to time. If there's if there's ever another Hitler, I hope he has a man bun and ruins man buns for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, that's all I got to say. And he wears socks with sandals. Yeah, <laughs> and that. And the dad bod. <laughs> so, uh, PewDiePie was mentioned a couple of times, and we've been dancing around this uh, for a little bit. But this is going to be, I think, uh, our main topic for this week. Um, and unfortunately, we, like, we're literally recording last week's episode when this happened. So, we've had to sit on this for a while. Um, so, PewDiePie, uh, biggest name in YouTube and video games, um, has 57 million subscribers on YouTube. Still to this day, the most subscribers of anyone on that platform, uh, has, you know, become a millionaire, uh, with his success, um, and has gotten into trouble over the last, um, probably couple years with, you know, some of the things that he does and says, uh, he's, he's, uh, definitely made some, some choke, uh, some chokes, some jokes in, uh, bad taste. Uh, I think a few months ago, there was the whole thing. Uh, there was a, a report in the Washington Post, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we talked about it on the show where he, they basically called him out saying like, hey, this dude has a pattern of making Nazi jokes and uh, bringing up imagery of of Nazis in some of his videos to, uh, you know, play it for the laughs, but often might not necessarily come across that way. Uh, you know, even... At the time, PewDiePie said it was satire, um, but you know he, he ended up apologizing, but it wasn't really an apology. But some of that shit cost him money. Uh, he ended up losing out on a deal with uh, Maker Studio. Uh, I think he got dropped from his, his uh, YouTube partnership. Um, and uh, he even had a, a show of his, I think it was called Scare PewDiePie, uh, that was dropped uh, for its second season. Um, but anyways, so he's, he's continued to do what he's, he's done. Um, and he's been kind of under the radar, I guess, in like terms of like main mainstream games press. Uh, but this last week he was streaming player unknowns battlegrounds and in the midst of a firefight, um, he said the N word live, uh, to, you know, thousands of people that were, that were watching him. Uh, this is, this is uh problematic for, for a number of reasons and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into it. Um, so, you know, he was he was trying to shoot someone on a bridge and missed, and I think he died, and he said, what a effing N-word. Uh, and immediately after that, he said, you know, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? And then he kind of, like, tried to correct himself and say, what a fucking asshole, which, again, is probably problematic because all of a sudden he's relating uh, those two words and basically saying, in his mind, they're, they're, they're similar. Um, I will say he did put out an apology video. Um, you can find that online where he spends a, a couple minutes saying like, um, hey, you know, uh, I, I tried to think of the worst thing I could I could say and that slipped out. Um, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. Um, and, you know, kind of said that it was, you know, a, a dumb thing that happened in the heat of the moment. There has been a lot of backlash over this um, and even to the point where some game devs have uh, taken action. Uh, so the folks over at Campo Santo, uh, who are behind Firewatch, uh, which I really enjoyed, um, actually filed a DMC takedown of one of PewDiePie's Firewatch videos, uh, which has 5.7 million views at it on it. Um, and even the folks at Campo Santo kind of say like, hey, we, we probably shouldn't have done it like this because that's very much like a nuclear option for dealing with uh, a content creator being like, instead of just asking him, hey, can you take down this video or we don't want to be associated with you after this, uh, they went went like straight to youtube and we're just like we're gonna file a claim this has to come down um so that that sort of sets a chilling precedent as well um but anyways so this is a big messy topic let's let's uh dive into it um just so what did you think about uh what happened here and sort of the reaction to it as well 
it bothered me how how, how easy it, how easily it flowed off his tongue. Mm-hmm. This is not a man. This is not the first time he said it, which is not surprising. I don't know. It's it's on the one hand, as a black person, <laughs> I've said it like a hundred. I can't even count how many times I've said it. I probably <laughs> said it like five times this week alone. Yeah, but I'm saying it so much less than I used to when I was a kid. Uh, cause it, it feels weird, weirder and weirder the older I get. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, you know, we can get into the whole discussion about the fact that like, he said it with that hard ER on it, you know? And like, I, yeah. I, I do not edit you when you say it on the show. Cause you, you know, yeah. you, you throw the A at the end, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, but, but also we can get into the whole discussion of just the fact that like, you know, it, it's taken on this new context where uh you know african americans and and black folks have sort of reappropriated that word and and kind of taken it as their own to sort of empower themselves there's a lot that's been written and said about that that you can find online um but uh but yeah i don't know what what do you think about that i don't know it's just the history behind the word i guess is the biggest issue because i do find it it is kind of strange in a sense that there's certain sounds you can't make with your mouth because they're too offensive Mm. for other people to hear um it's unfortunate that he chose that word for his frustration. It's going to cost him money for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I hate that he used it, but I feel weird about it because it's a word that I use and I use it less and less as time goes on. But at the same time, I really like it. I really <laughs> like using it. I, I feel so conflicted about it because I don't want. Like, I don't like when I hear it coming out of the mouths of white people, but then I'm like, ugh, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I hate whenever stuff like this comes up because then I start questioning, should I say it? I dated a girl once. She was white and I said it and she would get so mad when I said it. She's like, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, you, like, okay. Yeah, you're kind of right. I shouldn't say that, but you're white. So you can't tell me not to say it. So now I have to say it like three times as much. Yeah. Like it's, it's, ah, I'm a catch 22, rock in a hard place. Yeah. Um, Greta, you watch a lot of YouTube. I know you keep up on your YouTube celebs. Um, what did you th- sort of think about what what happened in his live stream and sort of what the fallout has been? I agree with Sulo. I like it rolled off the tongue far too easily, so you can tell this is a word that he regularly uses. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that normal in the gaming community? Like when you guys do play like multiplayer games, do you hear this a lot? Is this common? Uh, you can. I, I see it written in Rocket League. Yeah. Whenever I see it show up in Rocket League, like just okay. people don't really talk on Rocket League, but you can type your comments. And the amount of times I see it just like typed out, I'm like, you know, my goodness, Where's, whose kids are these? <laughs> yeah. So, so again, like we can we can even get into the whole debate about how a lot of racist um, vocabulary has sort of seeped its way into uh, gaming culture and multiplayer culture. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that, like, um, uh, I think there was, there was a great piece on, on waypoint that Patrick Klepek wrote. Um, so it's entitled PewDiePie doesn't deserve a pass for using the N word because he was angry. Um, and in that article, he links a overwatch YouTube video, um, where uh, a guy goes on, on a really racist tirade. Um, so that's sort of an, an example of, of, of how, um, that type of racism has seeped its way into multiplayer games. And again, I think it's people trying to be as offensive as they can um, because they're angry um, and, and perhaps not necessarily taking into account like uh, the history, you know, of those, those terms and just like 
how those will actually affect the people that that they're spouting them to. Um, I don't know, Ted. Do you have do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, even just like looking at his apology video, like he seems. He's, he, he was saying, he's like, you know what, I have no excuse for saying that word. I know how terrible of a word it is. And it was just like, I'm a stupid person for saying that. And I like, wish I didn't. And I wish that wasn't the first word that came to my head. So he's obviously like, well, maybe he is. But like from that, I, I get I get the sense that he's not like a an actual racist. He just said a word that is very prevalent, like Greta was saying, in the gaming community. And you hear it a lot um, used outside of, you know, it's like the initial context and it's just i don't know i mean it's it's terrible that he that he said that but i don't i don't think and a lot of like the comments are saying like oh what a racist like what a terrible racist human being like i don't think it came from a a place of racism i think it just came from like unfortunately a, a commonly used word in an online gaming community and mm-hmm. which is another like boils down to like how did that word get into you know just normal vernacular in in gaming like it's just yeah i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna steal this quote from patrick uh, patrick klepik in that article he says uh quote it's a part of a mass normalization of ugly rhetoric a cultural shift where we've become numb to words that would once make us wince a decades-long form of cultural astroturfing to make racism seem normal in online spaces a way of using shit posting to make sure spaces remain unsafe for people who aren't like them um, but yeah, so, so we, we, we've said like, this is a problem. It's becoming normalized in, in a lot of online spaces. Um, and I think one of the bigger issues is, is the fact that he sort of equated that word with asshole yeah. where they like had mm-hmm. equal weight in his, in his mind. Um, and like speaking as someone who's had problematic, uh, ideas and thoughts in the past, like, like, I think I've, I, I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but like. 10, 12 years ago, like I wasn't a very good person, you know, like I, I, uh, was entrenched in, uh, groups that were sort of hyper-masculine, very racist and sexist and homophobic. And like, uh, you know, if, um, if I'd been live streaming 12 years ago, like this could have been me, you know? Um, and again, like, I, I don't think my friends would have said like, yo, John's a racist. I think it, it would just be, uh, language that had been normalized in the groups that that i uh hung out with you know um and again i'm not defending it what what i'm saying is that like people sometimes have to learn lessons the hard way um i definitely had to do that um i i definitely stepped on my toes a lot put my foot in my mouth a lot and people called me out on it i lost friendships over it and and um i think it's it's something that we we sort of can't allow to fester and it's something that we kind of all, as a community, uh, need to work on, um, you know, sort of being better and, and sort of exercising um, that type of, uh, th- those types of ideas um, and, and that type of language out of our um, lexicons, I guess. This can't be the first time that he's, like, said it publicly or, like, is it, I don't know, is it? I, um, I don't know because, like, oftentimes... I, I think like PewDiePie has only recently gotten into doing stuff live because mm, uh, okay. very often his, his videos are highly edited. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he ever said something like that while he was recording, he could just quickly like cut it out. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but it's definitely something that happens on, on like live streaming platforms like Twitch and YouTube probably more frequently than it should. With people who are on video mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying it. 
Yeah. Like, like I, I don't see it very often with the stuff that I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, any other thoughts, Jusilo? I wonder if he'll do it again because he got into trouble for uh, the whole. I think it was like it must have been like just six months ago, something like that. It, has, it hasn't been a full year since he got in trouble for that whole paying oh, yeah, people yeah. to hold up signs that said like whatever it said about the Jews. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he's going to do this again or if he's learned his lesson. I don't know. He probably. It probably won't hurt him too much financially. Yeah. I think another critique I've heard levied against him is the fact that this is now showing like a pattern of behavior. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the most problematic thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Ted, final thoughts? I don't, yeah. I don't really know if I have much else to say. Like, is something like this giving that word power or taking power away? Or is that even, is that even like in the, you know, in the argument? Like, Obviously, no one should be saying this word, but like when he said it, he said it with the equivalent of saying asshole. Like, it's not like he meant. I I don't even think it matters what his his meaning was. I think that what matters mm-hmm. is like the action, right? Yeah, no, um, for sure. And, and also another thing that we haven't really addressed is the fact that like this dude was streaming to thousands of people. He has an audience of 57 million subscribers mm-hmm. and most of those are younger, younger folks. You know, yeah. his, his audience definitely skews younger. Um so what does that say when you have this person who is literally the most popular person on YouTube uh, behaving in, in this kind of manner? You know, I would say, surprisingly, PewDiePie saying the N-word doesn't bother me as much as JonTron and his tirade on. Because he felt like, like he it, meant that. Like yeah, he, like I'm like, he lives that. Yeah, JonTron like, definitely believed the things that he was saying. Right. So I think PewDiePie's thing just annoys me more than it and fear like makes me angry Mm -hmm. i mean i don't like it but yeah yeah i don't watch a lot of pewdiepie videos i've probably seen 10 total videos in my whole life (laughs) but the videos that i have seen aren't necessarily he just doesn't i didn't get the vibe that he lives this i think he said the word and he probably says it in his in his like off camera Mm -hmm. In a way that he probably thinks is ironic or sar- or satirical. Yeah. But John Tron believes that shit. Right. He believes it. Yeah. Uh, Greta, final thoughts? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he does it again. Or if he loses any kind of followers from this. Or mm-hmm. what long-lasting impact this might make. Honestly, mm, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he's going to lose any followers from this. I mean, if this is already in the gaming community quite a bit, people are probably used to... Uh, God, I don't know, guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Oh, good. Um, I always like, I think back to, like, in the 90s, you know, if you got mad at someone or someone was being stupid, it's like, oh, quit being retarded, quit being gay, quit being, like, yep. these yeah. things. And, like, we would say that when I was growing up. Like, people would say that. Yeah. Nowadays, if you say it, people are like, that's actually, like, not... Yeah. A nice thing to say. It, it kind of generalizes a, a group of people in a negative way that you don't even realize. And the F word is on N word levels now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't when I was a kid, but it is now. Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like, you know, when you look at your grandparents or like any older relatives where they say, oh, you know, like I saw this colored person walking by and you're like, oh my God, grandma, like don't say that. Like that's so bad. <laughs> and it's kind of like the equivalent now of like saying, hey, that person was being gay. That person's retarded. 
Yeah. You know, like you got to you gotta look at it from that perspective being like, we can't use these words anymore because, I mean, it's so easy for me to just not say those things because it, mm. yeah. it can offend a lot of people. And I think with saying the N-word, it's like, obviously, that is not a good word to say. Like, can you not just take it out of your everyday lexicon <clears throat> and just... Yeah. And, and, know, I, and I it's think it's not hard. <laughs> and I think the, the, the onus really falls on the person as well. Like, like we, I think all of us have, have had to like force ourselves to like cut things out of our everyday conversations. Right. And, and out of our everyday use and be like, Oh, you know what? Like this, this word is like super offensive. I said it to a friend of mine, like who was gay, uh, speaking about the F word. And he like grabbed me by the throat and like held me against a wall. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't use this word anymore because it actually like really hurt him. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, so I think to your point, it, it's, y- you, we need to, I, like, I'm okay that he got in trouble for this because I hope it helps him be a better person and, and realize that I can't say that type of thing. You know, I can't mm-hmm. even like think that type of thing because it's, it's not acceptable in 2017. Yeah. And I think like, what was it? The guy from Maker Studios that like DMCA the video and everything. Uh, so the, that was, um. Sean Vanneman from Campo Santo, uh, who DMCA'd the Firewatch video, yeah. Okay. Well, I think he, like, tried to be, like, a kind of like a, a pallbearer for this, or, you know, a flag waver of saying, like, hey, this is not inappropriate. I think he could have, instead of doing that, he could have been like, look, you know, PewDiePie, I don't think that language is really mm-hmm. acceptable, and I think, you know, you made a bad mistake there, just, yeah, don't do that. But instead, he got, like, I don't know, very, almost, like, fanatically upset and... I, I, I think just, he he's even gone on record, and his studio's gone on record saying like, "Hey, we probably acted a little bit rashly." Oh, um, did they? Yeah, they, they they did say that. Um, because again, they just kind of like took like the fastest, you know, most uh, right. abrupt okay. abrupt solution that was available to them. Um, but again, we 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 don't even have to get into the whole issue of like how that could set dangerous precedents for copyright um and fair use. Yeah. Um, because you know, fair use has not been challenged in court yet. Um, so it could be, it could be very, very tricky. Um, so that is it. That was a, a heavy, heavy news section. So let's, let's maybe bring the mood back up and maybe talk about some of the things that we are playing. Um, so who wants to talk about video games, uh, in our segment, uh, for off the shelf? Greta, are you playing anything exciting? No. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's just cause I've been so busy. Um, I really yeah. haven't had the time, but, uh, that being said, I really, really do want to try playing, um, What's that game called? Battlegrounds? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. when I do start playing that, I'll have more to more to say. <laughs> awesome. Do you awesome. do you have Steam? Um, no, but my boyfriend is. Okay, nice. I'll get so. you guys on there. I will be your your squad leader. <laughs> <laughs> is this exclusive for any um like one particular Um it's it's only on PC right now. Okay. Um, they have announced that it's going to come to the Xbox One. Okay. Um, so that should, I, I don't know if that's by the end of this year or if it's going to be early next. Um, and like, uh, again, just because of how successful it is and like how much money it's making right now, like everyone wants it. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it came to PlayStation and maybe one or two other platforms after. Cool. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a Nintendo Switch port at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would actually be surprised. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Because Nintendo's online whatever is just it's not terrible. Robust. Yeah. Um and we've talked about that in the past. Uh Ted, what are you playing? Um I tried to play uh the Oculus Rift version of Alien Isolation. 
Um, Alien Isolation is a very, very fucking scary game. Uh, yeah. And with all of this rift, I think it would be just like way too intense. But I tried to fire it up this morning. I wanted to like actually give it some playtime before I came on here. But I had some issues uh, with my Oculus getting it going. So probably afterwards, like after this podcast, I'm going to give it a try. But um, yeah, I, I hear it's just absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And if anyone else has an Oculus, like give it a shot and let us know. That cool. sounds so cool. Yeah. Uh, just what about you? You playing anything? I know you're busy. No, <laughs> I no, I haven't been playing anything. I'm looking forward to playing XCOM Two: War of the Chosen. Ooh, my older sister bought Mario vs. Rabbids. Oh, really? Yeah, she's not happy. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> no, not her kind of game. She <laughs> loves the Rabbids, but she didn't realize it was going to be XCOM when she. Yeah, bought it's basically it. like a tactics game. Yeah, so she's not happy about that. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing XCOM, um, not this coming week, but the week after that. Okay. This is, this is a great video game podcast where no one plays video games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the chance uh, a couple of weeks ago to play through Virginia, uh, from, uh, 2016. Uh, so Virginia is a very sort of short story game, um, came, uh, from the developers at variable state. Uh, and basically you play, uh, an FBI special, uh, FBI special agent. Um, and they arrive at this small town and there's been like a disappearance and they're partnered up with someone and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and there's, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens. Uh, I don't want to delve too deep into it because again, it's a story game. It'll take you two to three hours to get through. Um, and you know, it, just, just talking about it, will we'll probably give too much away. Uh, but it, it has a very interesting mechanic that it uses that I think a lot of other games would benefit from where it uses cuts that you would see like in a movie in a game. Uh, you know, so, so I, I think that's a novel idea for us that play games because, um, you know, usually you're just like, oh, I start in this room. I have to walk down this hallway to this other room um, or, you know, and then I have to like get in the car and then I have to drive to this location and then I can get out of the car and, and then do whatever I have to do there. Uh, but Virginia is just like it, it frames everything in scenes. So you'll start at a location, you'll do what you have to do there, it'll have a narrative beat, and then you'll start walking away, and it'll just cut. And all of a sudden, you'll be in a new scene. Um, You'll be in a new location and kind of carrying on, which is really, really interesting. Um, There's also no dialogue. So all of the storytelling is, uh, you know, what's happening, what's going on, um, that kind of thing. And it's... I. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it, but it's really really cool. I, I think a lot of people compared it to to things like Twin Peaks and the X Files, um, in, in terms of like the vibe that it gives off. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not like sci fi or anything like that, but it's it just in terms of like the investigative FBI type thing that's going on. Um, music's fantastic. Uh, it has a very simple but but cool aesthetic and art style. Um, but yeah, highly recommend checking out Virginia. Cool. Um, okay, so let's get into some non-gaming recommendations for the week. Uh, Ted, what do you got to recommend to the folks at home? Um, I showed you a few weeks ago, but uh, Neil Blomkamp, he's the director of District District Nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he kind of started up his own experimental, like indie uh, uh, film studio. It's called Oats Studio. Um, you can find some of their projects on Steam, also on YouTube. 
and they have i think three like 20 minute short films they're all like their own story like it's its own thing um but really like high budget there's some really famous actors in them um and they're just like really cool sci-fi little like experimental short films that uh you should check out so cool yeah uh what's the name of that channel again uh oat studio cool uh chisula what do you want to recommend to the folks at home uh, I have two recommendations. The first one is BoJack Horseman. Yep. Season four. That was just released on Netflix. If you haven't seen BoJack Horseman, check it out. It's a show about, it's an animated show, uh, but it's about anxiety, depression, self-loathing, um, your parents getting old. All the fun you things. You a terrible yeah. person. It's just like, <laughs> it's so stressful to watch, but at the same time, I can't stop watching it because it's so well written yeah. and it's kind of funny, but not as funny as it should be for an animated show. I don't know. I enjoy it, even though it makes me feel bad sometimes. Awesome. Uh, my second recommendation, sorry, real quick, is the iPhone 10. Just, uh, pick one, pick <laughs> I hate you up. so much. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to say it again, but I mean, the opportunity was there. Got to get these sales up. I need that commission, baby. Yeah, right. I have a question about the iPhone 10, and you seem to know a lot about it. <laughs> the back of the screen, is it actually like, does it move around? Or like that colorful kind of like rainbow bit on the back? Oh, you mean like the, do you mean the background on the screen or like the back of the phone? No, like an actual back of the phone. Uh, I think it's just glass, I don't know. right? I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's a glass back. I do know that, yeah, but so I don't actually know if it's I thought it like moved around or something, like behind the It might the just glass. be reflective because of the oh, thing maybe. that they use in it. I think it looks really dumb. <laughs> yeah, most people are gonna have cases anyway. I don't know if I've ever seen an iPhone in the wild. I wouldn't <laughs> have a case. Like, how, how do you... How do you charge it with a case on, though? Mm, good question. Like it's, it's, it has wireless no, it's, charging. it's wireless charging. Like, you just literally put it on a charger? Yeah, oh. on top of, like, a, it'll be, like, a little surface, and you put it on top, and it just charges the yeah. phone without having to. I mean, Not new technology. No, like, there Android are Android phones, phones that, that do that right now. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. But the iPhone ten has now mastered it. Fuck so off. Pick one um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Greta, what do you want to recommend to the folks at home this week? Um, I really don't have a lot going on in my life, so I don't have a ton to recommend. But um, if you like coffee, this is something I was given for my birthday. Um, and I didn't try it for a long time, but I recently did. And I loved it so much, I went out and got a new bottle. It's this Blasted Brew. That's the company name. And it's a coffee liqueur kind of thing. And it's amazing. It tastes so yep. good. And I put like a little bit of cream in it. I'll show you the bottle. It's so good. See, so that's like a instead coffee. of your so instead of your coffee and like uh, Bailey's in the morning, you have a little bit of that. Yeah, exactly. And you just put like a little cream, and it's so <laughs> delicious. It's so good, mm. and it's good cold with a little ice. Cool. That's my cool. recommendation Sweet. for all the alcoholics out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my recommendation this week is actually another podcast, and that is Lavar Burton reads, mm. and. I uh, I didn't realize that he was doing this show, and and I, I just found out about it a couple of weeks ago, and has quickly become my new favorite thing. Because um, I think it's perfect for people that are our age that kind of like grew up with reading Rainbow, <laughs> um, and it's just fucking great. Because Lavar Burton has like just that buttery voice, and he's just such a terrific orator. Um, so if you grew up watching Reading Rainbow, um, or if you liked you know storybooks as a kid. Uh, I've I've never been a big fan of like audiobooks. Uh, I always found that they put me to sleep. But listening to the Levar, like I can fucking listen to Levar Burton, like I don't know, 
read the instructions for like putting together a bird birdhouse or something. Because um, <laughs> just his his performances are fantastic, and they're they're usually pretty short, like thirty to fifty minutes, uh, and they're all short stories that that he uh, that he reads. Um, so yeah, so if you like that stuff as a kid, like these are obviously more adult stories. Um, I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's it's very very good, and I mean he's got like the perfect ASMR voice. So is he just reading books, like short stories? Yeah, sweet. But they're all they're all really really cool, and he they're, they're like his personal favorites. Like he sort of handpicks them for the show. Hmm. Yeah, I should read a book. <laughs> <laughs> just any book, any book. Well, Man, I should, I'm almost I done. American Gods. I might give it back to you today. Cool. Uh, let me tell you about the this one book. That uh, the oldest book, in fact, is is the Bible. You know, and, and talk to you about my friend Jesus. <laughs> the good book, <laughs> the good book. Uh, <laughs> read it twice, actually. Read it twice. Uh, Ted, what do you think about American Gods? I liked it. Or I like it. I'm almost I like 100 pages left. But nice, nice. Yeah, it's really good. I'm hesitant to watch the show because I hear it's not that good. Uh, it's okay, but yeah, uh, like I I went like years between reading the book and watching the show so i like forgot a whole bunch of stuff right mm. yeah the book's sweet um okay so i think that is it folks uh for this week uh so thank you just so ted and greta for joining me anytime um and folks you can send us your letters to shelvegames at gmail.com and you can tell us which uh version of the iphone 10 you're going to be picking up <laughs> and of course you can find the podcast at shelvegames.com slash podcast we're also on the apple Podcasts and google play stores where you can please please leave us a little review and a rating that really helps us out uh gets us better placement on those platforms follow us on twitter at shelvegames i'm at john underscore tab and of course you can find us on facebook and youtube just search for shelvegames you can find all the past videos and stuff and highlights on youtube um check out the live streams on twitch twitch.tv slash shelf games uh i'm now trying to stream every night monday to thursday um so you Ooh. can find that probably starting around six pacific time music for the show is by zed ion who you can find on soundcloud uh Chisulo, always a man of mystery until he starts streaming that xcom too yeah youtube and twitch channel coming to your coming to you coming your way coming soon uh ted where can people <laughs> find you on the internet <laughs> Uh, as usual, Twitch. Uh, my username's Teddy Gage. So, twitch.tv slash Teddy Gage. Uh, and Greta, where can people find you online? Uh, just on Instagram, your girl Greta. Awesome. So, thanks again, folks. Uh, that was a fun show. And uh, we will catch you all next time. So, until then, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. Maybe Fortnite Battle Royale. I've just never played Fortnite. I don't really know much about it, but I don't know. I guess you haven't either, hey? No. I just talk about this shit, man. I don't play video games. Right. <laughs> <laughs>